this was one of those days where I thought I've got the perfect story. I've got really interesting stories to talk about. And then something happens like the impeachment hearings, the live impeachment hearings happened today. And I was talking to Dave who told me to follow the Bongino rule, wait a day. I'm not going to follow the Bongino rule because I, I saw most of it today and it was, God, it was a ter it was te absolutely terrible, but I must love you folks. So we're going to take a look at the impeachment hearings. And then what we're also going to do is something a little different. We're going to take a look at the consequences for the Democrats if they decide to move on uh, with this. Because I have a feeling Democrats, especially Nancy Pelosi, they're caught between a rock and a hard place right now. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> Well, I guess the good news is I have Fridays done already, and it'll work. Um, so, <laughs> the public hearings for the impeachment inquiry started today, and it was a hot mess. Uh, two people were interviewed. Amb uh, the ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, and George Kent, who was a Ukraine expert and analysis advisor, whatever, he's a bureaucrat. Uh, I wish they had started, let me put it to you this way. I wish they would have started this whole thing at 8 p.m. instead of 10 a.m. today. I could have used the sleep. And I'm pretty sure when my boss walked by and saw me asleep, uh, it did not help much. But, okay, it was terrible. I can't believe that these two bozos were actually considered Adam Schiff's star witnesses. They were a disaster. I was going to throw some clips about them about these guys and what they said, but their opening statements were like 40 minutes long. So I'm telling you, it was really brutal to listen to. This was terrible. I hope the broad they bring yet tomorrow is going to be much better. Essentially, these guys did not, he uh, did not hear the call. They saw the transcript and they didn't like the foreign policy that president Trump has with Ukraine. Uh, we're going to get to all of that. All right. So I sat and I listened to the Democrats interview these guys. Now, oh, by the way, this was a very weird makeup. Essentially what happened was it was going to be opening statements. So Adam Schiff, who's the chair of the Intel Committee, the, uh, um, the Congressional, the House Intel Committee, he made a statement which lasted, I think, I don't know how long it was. I, I really did not listen to the whole thing, but... He's so crazy. He's so fun. I'm waiting for him one day just to snap and pull out a machete and start chewing uh, Devin Nunez up because he just looks crazy. Anyway, so he made a statement for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm not sure. And then Devin Nunez made an opening statement for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I don't know however long it was. Devin Nunez's statement was really interesting because he just tore into Adam Schiff. It was actually quite funny. And then what happens is the um, witnesses would make a statement. They had 45 minutes, and there were two of them, so they both made statements of 40 minutes long, and they were both used up close to the entire 40 minutes. <coughs> just absolutely, I can't do that without coughing. It was just absolutely brutal. Then what would happen is the Democrats had an actual lawyer 
that would interview this guy for, guess how long, 45 minutes. Then they took a break, and then the Republicans would have a lawyer who would interview him for, you got it, 45 minutes. After all that was done, I was looking for a rope and a high beam. Now, luckily, we don't have any beams that would support my fat butt, so I didn't bother, fi- I didn't find it. But then all of the Democrats and the Republicans alternating could interview this guy for five minutes. I pretty much stopped after. Well, the first 45 minutes seemed to go actually pretty well for the Democrats. Even Lou Dobbs of Fox News said that he thought the interview went absolutely fantastic and he made uh, Trump look really bad. Now, I love Lou. I love Fox News. But Lou was wrong. They did not sound good in that first 45 minutes. They sounded confident. That's a big difference between sounding good and sounding confident. No stuttering, no repeating of questions or anything like that. But the one thing I couldn't get out of my head, the one thing I just, it it kept, these guys were bitching and moaning about President Trump's policies toward Ukraine. Okay, that's a big red flag. They never really talked. The questions never really got to, okay, where's the crime? Um, It never got to, what did Trump do wrong? What did Trump say? Uh, They never talked about any of that, which we found out why later. Um, But all they said is, oh, they hate the policy. For some reason, Ukraine is our main partner for securing the United States? I'm And Europe? I'm not sure about that. Europe doesn't believe Ukraine is important for the security of Europe because they put absolutely no money into them. So why is the United States the important partner? I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing. This is where the first problem came. And by the way, the Republicans really hit this hard. Because you don't like President Trump's policies is irrelevant. President Trump makes foreign policy, period. When he says something, it's policy. That's why it's got to be, you got to be very careful. President Trump's got to be careful sometimes with what he says. We're going to get into that later on too. But these guys thought that, well, our opinions with policies are really important, but meanwhile, President Trump doesn't think so. And so they're upset about this. And that's where I thought Lou Dobbs was wrong. I personally think Lou Dobbs should have basically sat there and said, well, yeah, but their arguments are kind of weak. I I don't exactly know why they're being interviewed yet. That would have been the question. That's the question I had after the first, let's see, 40, 80, hour 80, two, two hours, 10, two hours, 10 minutes, the first three hours. After the first three hours, I said to myself, the only thing these guys seem to not like is the policies. And it's none of their damn business. If they don't like the policies, quit. So, or get elected president. So, the Republicans came up and, oh, they lit them up. Oh, my Lord. A watcher could tell that these two were prepped by the Democrats. Because the second a Republican answered questions, oh, Taylor was stuttering along. And for some reason, the next 45 minutes, he had really, he had some hearing problems that just seemed to pop up because he kept re-asking, oh, could you ask, could you re-ask the question? And 
And they kept re-asking the question, and he then he stuttered for 15 minutes. It was terrible. Oh, Taylor looked terrible under Republican questioning. And there was a crap more we learned under the Republican questioning. The other guy, Kent, he didn't say a word. He was dead silent. I think if he said seven, eight, ten words that entire 45 minutes, hell, for the rest of the interview, I think 10, 12, maybe 17 words, that would have been it. It was god-awful. But in this short 45 minutes, this is what we learned. They never talked to the president. In fact, neither of them had ever met the president. Oh. They had actually gotten their information from not one or two sources down the line or one or two conversations. Six conversations from six different people. They did not get direct. Not only did they not get it directly, it was four conversations down the line they got this information on. Oh, huge. They had to admit it. Neither So neither were in the room during the call, and their information came from other conversations, overheard conversations, and the transcript, which they got when? They got when we got it. Ambassador Taylor met with the Ukrainian president three times and the quid pro quo was never mentioned by the Ukrainian president. And all three times between July, the July 25th conversation and August 31st, when the funds were actually released, or I'm sorry, when uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, actually found out that we were withholding the funds they met three times. Nothing was mentioned. You know why? Because Zelensky didn't know we were holding the funds. Well, if there's a quid pro quo, you'd think he would know about that. Oops. That's a bad one. He had, so he had to admit to that. Uh, the president of Ukraine did not know. Okay, I said that already. Uh, Taylor could not answer definitively if the investigation Trump wanted was for Biden or for just corruption. So they asked him, so you actually, you believe that President Trump wanted Biden investigated? Well, I can't, I can't say that. Of course not. I wasn't in the conversation. He was mentioned in the transcript. He was mentioned in passing in the transcript and he was mentioned in passing once in the transcript. He also mentioned a bunch of other things in the transcript. So right off the bat, he couldn't, he couldn't, if, if Trump, hey, Ukraine, and then that was the other thing that Republicans hit. Was there rampant corruption in Ukraine? Well, Kent, in the 17 words that he said, so, oh yeah, there was. There was, we had $10 billion missing and we didn't know where it went. And we found out that a lot of that money was distributed for bribes and things like like that, and we have someone we want to talk to, but that person ran away. So you're basically admitting that there was huge corruption. $10 billion worth of corruption. $10 billion that was received by Ukraine is missing. And you guys are looking for it. You don't know where it is, and you think it's gone, and Ukraine's not looking for it. Uh, so if President Trump was saying, 
you know, you guys got bad corruption. I don't want to give you $400 million if you guys are going to screw it up. That seems unheard of. Oh, my Lord. I, I mean, my God. <laughs> uh, Taylor could not answer defin uh, uh Finally, one of the reasons, reasons this Taylor thought that it made it clear that this whole thing was a quid pro quo between Trump and Zelensky was because another ambassador named Sunderland, he had overheard a phone conversation with Sunderland. I don't know who the phone conversation was left. I, I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Okay. Guess what? Sunderland not only contradicted Taylor saying he did not say that, he actually sent an email, which he handed to the Republicans, saying, this is what I said. Oh, my God. Finally, not only does this guy look like he doesn't know what's going on, he looks kind of incompetent as an ambassador, right? The Trump administration, finally, finally, the Trump administration did more than the Obama administration in helping the Ukraine. When Russia attacked Crimea, do you know what the Obama administration gave the uh, Ukrainians? He gave them MREs, which is meals ready to eat. He gave them food. And he gave them blankets. Meanwhile, Trump is giving them armament. Stinger missiles, anti-tank missiles, guns, things like that. So the question they asked Taylor right off the bat is, well, I mean, if Obama's only giving MREs and blankets and Trump's actually giving them lethal weapons, why would you think Trump's not doing enough? In other words, why does Taylor question Trump's policies but doesn't question Obama's policies? Oh, and there's one more. There's one more. Oh, this was great. Kent had to admit that he reported uh, Biden, the vice president and his son. He reported them because he couldn't believe his son actually got a job at Burisma. Hunter, Hunter Biden got a job at Burisma and Joe Biden is actually negotiating with the government and he reported it. And do you know what he heard? That's right. Crickets. Crickets. He just let it go. They were a mess. These two were an absolute mess. And these two were supposed to be the Democrat star witness. And do you know how bad this looks? The witness tomorrow is going to be the former ambassador of Ukraine that Trump fired. Yeah, I bet she doesn't have an axe to grind, right? This is big trouble for the Democrats. They have had only two, they've had two months to basically groom witnesses. I, in underground testimony to figure out who they were going to bring to the public. It, this whole thing was like a, 
a stage cast. It was, they were actually casting these people. And these were the two they decided to put up first. Um, this whole thing looks like a sham. Now that it's in public, not only does it look like a sham, it looks like the Democrats are incompetent. If things continue like this, should the Democrats move on to a vote and allow and actually impeach? Because if impeachment happens, it's going to be on Senate. It's going to be on political lines, partisan lines. Don't forget, not one Republican voted for the impeachment inquiry, and there were, I think there were two Democrats and an independent that voted against the the inquiry. So what's going to happen if they actually vote and they decide to send a partisan impeachment, which I'm hoping, I hope there is an impeachment. I'm going to tell you why in a few minutes. What's it going to look like if this is a partisan vote, partisan impeachment? Should the Democrats move on? That's the million dollar question. So let's take a look at that question. There was an article from the Heritage Foundation by David Marcus called Five Reasons the Senate Trial Would Be a Nightmare for Democrats. It's a very well-written article, as all the articles at the, found, uh, at, the, uh, uh, at, at the Federalist. It's a fantastic website. Go to Federalist.com. Uh, and I've actually read some of David Marcus's work before, uh, and it would be a disaster. And I'm pretty sure Nancy Pelosi, I, I believe Nancy Pelosi actually got panicked here. She, and we're going to talk about why in a few minutes, but I think she was really bullied into doing this impeachment thing. I think she was the only sane person in the Democratic Party at the time. And I think she's going to regret it. And the question's going to be, do you keep the fight, do you keep on the fight or do you cut bait? Uh, because there could be some serious disasters, as this article talks about. So let's talk about them. Uh, and by the way, I am paraphrasing. Go to the article. If you go to dumbassestalkpolitics.com, the article is listed, and you can actually uh, connect to the website and read the article. It's an excellent article. The first issue uh, the Democrats are going to have is they're going to lose control of the process. Right now, Democrats have full control of the House, so they can control the witnesses, they can control the questioning, they can control the forum. They control absolutely everything. They can reject Republican witnesses. They can cut off Republican questions. So they, can con they actually control everything. Well, here's the problem. The Senate has the majority. And the Senate is the one that will run the trial of the president to find out whether they'll push him. And Mitch McConnell today said, well, if they pass it, we're going to run a trial. And politically, it would be extremely smart to run a trial. We're going to get there. It's going to be the third reason. Now, because the Senate controls the trial, that re leads us to Senate no to reason number two. Remember that confidentiality of the whistleblower that Adam Schiff is so worried about? I mean, he's threatening uh, other congressmen and women, whatever the binary thing is, I don't know, um, with an ethics probe if they release his name, which, by the way, is not illegal 
I can release this Eric Cormacala or whatever his name is. I could release it now. It's not illegal. It's only illegal if someone fires him. That's the actual law when it comes to whistleblowers. Um, well, that's gone. They can call a whistleblower and they can see the political hack that he is. And even though that's not really relevant to whether or not what he said was true or not, partisanship just looks really bad and it looks really bad on the Democrats because you got to remember the, they control would they control the forum? The Senate does. So you better believe all of this is going to be public because the one thing the, the Republican Republicans have been is transparent, but that won't be the only one. The Senate will call him. They will also call Hunter Biden. They'll call Joe Biden. They'll call Adam Schiff. They'll call Jim Comey. They'll call Andrew McCabe. They'll call Peter Strzok. They'll call Lisa Page. And they will call anyone else that had anything to do with Russia and Ukraine, including, up to and including, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. And there's not a damn thing any of them can do about it because they will be subpoenaed. This is a trial and I'm pretty sure none of those people want to show up. This could be a disaster for Democrats. And I've got a little surprise for you. And I'll give you the surprise right now. I was going to give it to you at the end, but I'll give it to you right now. Part of that report on the Russian collusion scheme between the Democrats is they're trying to get it ready for next week release. Oh my God. That's going to be a disaster for this whole thing. The Dem and just in case you think the Democrats aren't really panicking about this, guess what? They're already making calls. They're already making arguments about, I'm not even sure which report this is because it was just released tonight. They were talking about it tonight, but the Democrats are already flipping out about it. The third reason is that you have a few senators who are on the campaign trail. That includes Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, and Amy Klobuchar. If this gets approved by Christmas or Thanksgiving, if the vote goes through, that means the trial will probably start somewhere around the end of January, beginning of February, but it will definitely be sometime in February. Here's the problem. These guys start their primaries, and the first primary is in February. It is in Fe March? I think it's in March. But these guys have to be on the campaign trail to win Iowa in March. And if they've got a trial, they're either going to be really tired running back and forth, or they're going to have to miss some of their campaigning. This is going to be a disaster for some of these guys. They're already weak candidates. Can you imagine if they can't campaign? The fourth reason, if this gets to the Senate and the Senate starts searching for facts that will get to the truth, it is going to look like the House was being political and not legal or even moral. This will unify the Republican Party. This will probably get, this will, I can't see how this doesn't get Trump reelected because not only will the party sit there and say, Oh, we got to keep these people out. 
everyone will be voting. There won't be this Hillary uh, uh, delusion that, oh, well, Hillary's got it, so I don't even have to vote. No, it's going to get the Republicans out because they're going to realize how dangerous, how partisan, and how unethical the Democratic Party is. Where this will be a disaster, why I think the Democrats may cut this off and, and cut their losses, is because they will lose the House. They have done absolutely nothing for four months. And all those folks that are kind of leaning on, on, on these these states that are kind of leaning neither way, they're kind of in the, in the middle. Hey, newsflash. The, 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 the uh, popularity of impeachment is going down. It's not going up. This is not a good thing. So this could kill, this will definitely get Trump back in. Probably going to take the House, though the House is going to have some issues because they have so many Republican incumbents that are retiring. And we'll probably raise the numbers in the Senate, though I think the Senate is going to be red next. I, I don't think there's going to be much of an issue with that. Finally, the chance of being removed from office is an absolute zero. He's not getting removed. They've shown absolutely no evidence. They have a lot of evidence that this was partisan, the Republicans do. And he's not getting removed. So either way you look at it, and you can sit there and say, hey, we fought the good fight. We fought the good fight. The, Repu the Dems can say that. We fought the good fight. Um, but it's a loss. No matter how you look at it, it is a loss. And you wasted four months of time and you wasted a ton, millions of dollars in money. And there was no work on DACA. There was no work on health care. There was no work on infrastructure. This, this will be the reason they lose the House in 2020. So let, let's conclude this. Let's talk about what this actually means. Democrats have some real issues. Uh, not only is their impeaching query not going well, not only is their impeach, not only if impeachment gets through the House, it could be a disaster for the Democrats in the Senate. Not only can it can it kill the Democrats for the elections of 2020. They're they're hosed. Uh, they've got some real issues. I'm not so sure they're going to pass this by Christmas. I don't think they're going to pass it all. I think they're going to say, listen, we need more time. Even Adam, I don't give a shift, said today, well, I mean, you know, we're still looking at it. It's still on the table. We need to do more research. I don't know what, what rabbit they're going to pull out of their butts for this one because today was bad. But there are rumors that that report is getting released and then... What do you do if you're a Democrat in in the House? I what are you gonna do here if they find well? Wait a minute, we've got this problem, we got this problem, we got this problem. We found all of this. There's probably the other report is probably going to lead to people going to jail. This needs to be researched. Can the Democrats actually afford to ignore serious legal issues by the Democrats in 2014 through? 2017-18 can they? happy Thanksgiving guys Democrats look like they're panicking right now especially Nancy Pelosi um, their candidates suck that's why they're panicking 
They saw the last debate and suddenly we need impeachment. Their candidates are insane. And they don't know how to unmess this web that they've created. Uh, even candidates that have no chance in hell, like Bloomberg, are jumping into the race. Hell, Hillary Clinton is thinking of jun- jumping back in the 2020 race. Why wouldn't she? It's not like she's used not used to lying or losing. Look at what she's running against in the Democratic primary. She will get killed in the main election again. I'm not even, I think she'll actually get killed worse than she did in 2016. And don't look at it this way. It was a landslide in 2016. Trump won pretty comfortably. I think the only person who can beat Trump is Trump himself. Um, I think Trump needs to do a few things to keep himself out of the limelight, keep himself kind of quiet. Well, here's what I think Trump needs to do to win the next election. He needs to start tweeting positive. He doesn't need to stop tweeting. I disagree with people who say that. But he needs to tweet positive. Yes, he should call this a witch hunt because that's what it is. It is a witch hunt. He should call it. Every time it comes up, he should call it. But then he should drop it and at the end, say something positive. Hey, the Dow Jones jumped 100 points. And the Dow Jones, why can't he sit there and say this whole Ukraine thing is a witch hunt? And did you look at the Dow Jones today? It went up 100 points. It's at 27,000 points. That's 10,000 points more than Obama ever had it. That's, that's a positive tweet. If you can start with the negative and end with the positive, people are going to have a lot better thoughts about him. And he's got a lot of positive a lot of positive in this this country right now because of him. Push the negative of the politics on the Democrats, and that includes Twitter. And he does this when the negative comes out. What do I mean by that? Make the Democrats look crazy. They say something crazy every freaking day. Like, I, with with when Bernie Sanders immigration plan came out last Friday. It was crazy. He should have said Bernie Sanders, the socialist Bernie Sanders, have you read his immigration plan? And then listed what it is. This is freaking crazy. Their candidates suck. They suck. So all you have to do is point to those candidates. Don't, Don't attack Mika Brzezinski or any of the fake news media. Forget it. It's not that big of a deal. Make them look crazier. Because Trump is crazy. But they're crazier. Point it out. Push them to the crazy. Also, stop cussing. Don't go to... Don't talk to the fake news. Don't go to your, your rallies and, and cuss. It, it, it's it's a turnoff. Middle America doesn't like it. Independents don't like it. Women don't like it. Uh, we, got, we got the whole I'm a New Yorker garbage. Stop cussing. It's not necessary. And finally, this whole Ukraine thing, and I know I've already passed the Dave rule, but I've got a few more minutes and I'm done. Finally. No, it's not finally. I got one more after this one. He needs to think before he talks. This whole Ukraine mess happened, I think it was on July 25th. 
And the Mueller report thing ended on July 20, no, July 26th. And the Mueller report ended on July 24th. And he just said Biden. And that started this whole new thing. He needs to stop and think about what he's going to say before he says it, especially when it's on record. He could have had, that conversation he had with Zelensky was not perfect. He said Biden. If he had said Burisma, which is the company that Hunter Biden ended up on the board for for $50,000 a month, which, by the way, is corruption, nothing would have come of this. He could have said, read the transcript, it's there. He can say, read the transcript now. The transcript's okay. It's nothing wrong with the transcript. The problem is, when he says weird things like that, he leaves kind of a neutral zone where Republicans can take that and say, well, there's nothing here. And meanwhile, Democrats can say, oh no, he said that there. That's the problem. He leaves that gray area. He needs to learn to be black and white. Say something, mean it, and then own it. The problem is, he says, this is a perfect vote. No, it's not. You left that gray area by saying Biden. He said Biden once. He said Biden once. Hunter Biden. He said it once. And suddenly this is a whole big thing. This is where he's wrong. No, you left a gray area in that transcript and they're attacking the gray area. I don't blame them. That's that's great strategy. Now, finally, Mick Mulvaney had a press conference. I actually did blog about it. Uh, I did uh, talk about it on the podcast. Mick Mulvaney had a press conference where he said, well, quid pro quos are... The way you deal with foreign governments, it's done every day. Oh, Jesus. It was a terrible speech. It was so clumsy. It was wrong. And we talked about it. He was an accountant. I mean, he's not... Uh, he, this is, We're not talking this is Dante or Milton or Franklin or anyone. This is a guy who crunches numbers all day. He doesn't speak well, and he didn't. What he meant to say is not quid pro quo. He meant to say negotiate. No. And this is my argument. President Trump did not commit a quid pro quo. He negotiated. Negotiation happens all the time. All the time. Barack Obama negotiated. As a matter of fact, you remember that day when Barack Obama was talking to the Russian President Medvedev? And he said, hey, give me a... Uh, get wait until the end of my presidency and then I'll have a lot more room to make deals and things like that. By the way, that was a quid pro quo. And by the way, that was probably more impeachable than what's going on. And I'm not even saying impeach him for that. It's No, you're making a deal. You're the president of the United States. You got to negotiate with foreign countries who hate you. I have no problem with that. You have to do it. But the thing is, that was a gray area that was left on a technical portion for Obama. Of course, the, no one's going to accuse him of anything of it, right? But Trump has to stop doing that. He needs to be very precise with his words, especially if people are going to be listening to his words. Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I just went off on a tangent again. But uh, met, <laughs> Mick Mulvaney. Mick Mulvaney. Sorry about that. I'm going to do that every once in a while. Mick Mulvaney wasn't precise with his words. He said quid pro quo, and he meant negotiations. 
So Trump wants to fire, uh, he wants to fire Mick Mulvaney right now. And everybody in Trump's thing is saying, no, 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 don't, don't fire him. It's a bad look. Don't fire him. I, I can't believe I just said all that stuff, added another five minutes to my podcast, and it was like a Simpsons episode. I went somewhere one way, and I ended up in a different direction. Trump made a huge mistake by firing his uh, foreign policy analyst. I can't remember his name. Big guy with the big mustache. I, I can't never remember stuff when I'm live, but... Um, because now no one knows that this guy's actually going to testify in front of Congress and they don't know what he's going to say. Now, I personally believe that he's a good man. Oh, John Bolton. That's who it is. John Bolton was the one he fired. John Bolton, a good man, a very good man, a great advisor, very good advisor. But this was a man you should not have fired. He knows too much. I understand why he did, but then let him quit because he would have quit. Now, you never know if the guy's going to sit there and I don't know what he's going to, what he could actually say, but, and John Bolton's a class guy. I don't think he'd say anything, but now you never know if this guy's actually going to go and testify in front of this whole panel and they've been kind of messing with it. I don't know why he would, but he can. You pissed him off. Mick Mulvaney, you're doing two things. One, you're making, you're doing three things. One, you're making your administration look less stable. And right now you need stability. Trump needs stability. He needs to make it look like his administration is not crazy. Okay. So that's one. Two, you're creating another enemy. And you never know what this guy is actually going to say. Maybe he'll be like Comey and just be so ticked off. He's going to do, say things. And three, Guy made a mistake. He, he's been committed to you. It's just not that big of a deal. Let it go. You do not need this. Forget it. Trump, Donald, President Donald. I don't know if that's even respectful, but just suck it up. Don't do crazy things. Don't look crazy. Make he need, Trump needs to make things look stable. That's what he needs right now not crazy and stable and he just needs to point out the facts and he needs to eliminate as much gray area as possible when he's talking to people especially the press i hope you enjoyed tonight's show you can fo uh, follow me on twitter at run and fool r-u-n-n-i-n-f-e-w-l Please visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics. There you'll find links and pictures and actual audio, full audio. Uh, there isn't much tonight because I just honestly didn't care. This went a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. Uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Have a great night and great day. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass Talking Politics. Thank you.